Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all-around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Texas, home to the world's largest medical center. This is Your Health First, the most beneficial health program on radio with Dr. Jill Galati. During the next hour, you'll learn about health, wellness, and the prevention of disease. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, a fine, fine Sunday evening, everybody. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. I am so happy everybody is tuned in tonight, Your Health First. And we've been here since 2003. And, and I guess if I had to say I had a brand promise for everybody listening, Number one, it's raising your health IQ one listener at a time. We want to make you better consumers. We want to educate and enlighten our listeners through inspiration. We do want to inspire you, and we do that on the radio. We want you to follow what we do, but also in our, in our office, a funny thing, a lot of you have, have heard that we have been giving out vegetables for almost five years now. We've passed... 2,000 pounds. We've given out a ton of vegetables. And so every which way we can get you to think better about your health, that is our mission for everybody on the Your Health First team. Okay, so tonight, you are very lucky that you are tuning in tonight. Co-hosting with me, sitting right across from me, is Bridget Gleason. She's a booking producer for Fox & Friends, Fox News Channel, New York City. She was actually on a couple of weeks ago. Memorable program, wouldn't you say? It was memorable. It was my first appearance. All right. And uh, so she's going to be here the entire program. We're going to be talking about millennial health. We're going to be talking about Mediterranean diet, alcohol, cancer, things like that. But we also have, calling in from L.A., Ray Eastless. He is the percussionist for the mega supergroup Chicago. And we'll be talking to Ray about living life on the road and how he and his bandmates stay healthy. So that is uh, important. Just so everybody knows, our website, drjogalati.com. Lots of information there. Sign up for our newsletter. Stay in touch with us. And that's where you're going to connect with Facebook and Instagram and all of the social media outlets that we have. But Bridget, again, so nice to have you uh, here from New York City. That's right. Flew in all the way from New York. 
to Houston just to be here. That is right? dedication. That's dedication just for you. Absolutely. Now, one one thing that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago is millennial health. And I, I really believe that if if you get beyond obesity and cancer, millennial health as, as a topic is going to be a very big concern. It's a concern that I have, and I, I know it's a concern you have. One saying that I, I came across, less health, less wealth. And that is what's going to happen to this entire generation of millennials. They are not going to have their health. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, their health is down dramatically. Their mortality, the likelihood of them dying, is 30 to 40 percent higher compared to similar groups. They're being plagued by high blood pressure, cholesterol problems, and believe it or not, some people are surprised by this, depression and anxiety. Right. And we talked about that last time I was on uh, about the most important topics that we're discussing as millennials being depression and anxiety as the two main points that we talk about that affect us every day and that you know, work and personal life, depression is a real thing. And a lot of people, they're so caught up on their depression and their anxiety that they let that consume them versus being surrounded by people and doing at least one thing a day that helps them combat their depression or anxiety. Over the the years on this topic, generally speaking, not not necessarily talking about millennials, I've always talked about the cost of wellness. And when you are looking at an entire generation, and it, 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 is, it, it is astounding to think that with all the technology, all the know-how, all the breakthroughs that we have an entire group, millions of people that are, are going to be ill. And if we have depression, and actually it's hyperactivity. So hyperactivity to me is you can't stay focused on something because you're all over the place like because of social media and trying to do everything that everyone else is doing it 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 may be that they're under pressure and 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 again I'm not going to say here that gee these younger people this generation didn't have it as tough as their parents or their grandparents but I think there's something about the the culture now whether it is related to the food their diets, um, communication, uh, relationships that are different. But it is a scary thought to think that we're going to have a big uptick in depression and anxiety. And uh, whether you are plagued by that or not, it makes you dysfunctional. It surely does. And then then you have to ask the question, Are you with your depression, are you going to see a therapist? Are you taking antidepressants? But that can lead to all sorts of other issues, uh, antidepressants. I mean, if it works for you, that's great. Um, but you know, I know people that are depressed and they acknowledge they're depressed, but they don't see a therapist. And that's another problem. What are you going to do to help yourself if you can just come to your friends every day? Sure. But you need to go see a therapist or do something for yourself to combat that depression. You do. And I, and I think the and that conversation, goes for all ages. yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, this is a topic and we can continue to talk about it, but I think people that are listening, parents, grandparents, family members, have to try to dial in. All right. We're going to take a break right now. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. You are tuned into Your Health First. 
Don't forget drjoegalati.com. Stay tuned. We will be right back. tuned in to your health first we're here every sunday evening between 7 and 8 p.m making you better consumers of health care and don't forget go to drjoegalati.com for more information and sign up for our newsletter that's right he's the liver legend be part of the dialogue well well said well said bridget being being part of it, sign up for the newsletter is key. DrJoeGalati.com. All right. So we've got um, four articles we're going to try to get through here. These are posted on the Facebook page. And again, how do you get that Facebook page? Go to DrJoeGalati.com. All right, the first one has to do with alcohol. And as everybody knows, I'm a liver doctor, and alcohol certainly is a big part of uh, what I see. And this is a study out of Japan, all right? And what they're saying is that even moderate alcohol consumption may increase the risk for cancer. Now, Bridget, to you, what is moderate alcohol use? Not you personally, but moderate, people out there. Like w- once yeah. a day or? I don't know. You, I mean, That's my thought, moderate. Once a I mean, day. I live in the city. One drink a day. It's maybe two. Okay. All right, so in this study, they looked at the equivalent of two drinks a day. And for everybody, for I think the millionth time, there is no difference between a beer, a glass of wine, or a shot of liquor, spirit. So they're all equivalent. Tell my friends that. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully they're tuning in. That's right. Uh, So basically, they looked at people that had two drinks a day over a 10-year period and they had an increased risk of cancer by 5%. If you had two drinks a day for 40 years, it's basically a lifetime, I would say, you know, your adult life. Your risk of cancer increased by 54%. And these were cancers of the mouth, throat, stomach, and colon. And the big problem here, when you're 25, 30 years old, having a few drinks a day, you're not thinking about throat cancer. No one is. No one is. No one. We have a drink pretty much every day, especially in the cities. You go out. Social hour after work, you know, you're at work late, it's a long day, worked hard. All right, you and your coworkers are going to go out for a drink. Especially in the city, that happens pretty much every day. And the city is New New York York City. Yeah, now I I would say here, do you think a 22, 25, 30-year-old, you you go back uh, after Christmas and you say, hey, hot off the press, don't have more than a couple of drinks a day. Are they going to say, eh, go back to where you came from? Probably. Probably. Yeah. I think it for someone our age, I'm 25 years old, so some of my friends, I think it might take them uh, to where something bad might happen, and there's a little health scare to get them noticing the right. actual right. health effects of that. Yeah. But I think if you said this to somebody maybe that was 50, it might be a little different. Okay. Your your article here, I, I saw this, and I— sort of cracked up. It has to do with fake meat. Tell us what that is about. Right. So there's fake meats versus real meats. Uh-huh. There are a few companies out there that are creating burger patties 
with fake meat, so made out of just different kinds of veggies and mixed. I mean, there's some chemicals involved, right? Right. We don't know the, all the health benefits of it, but there's a lot of millennials that are turning to the fake meats mm-hmm. because they think it's healthier and it's going to save the environment, it's going to save the world. They're doing their part by not eating real meats. Right. So? Yeah, exactly. I'm still going to eat a burger when I'm home in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to the grocery store to go get fake meats. But it's interesting, though, that they put the fake meats, the Impossible Burger, uh, Impossible Foods, in the same aisle as the actual, the real meats. Right. And so that's where... Right, which is which is where I have been always saying, for you to understand this, you know, you listening tonight at home, you have to be a good consumer. And in a sense, the tricks that the manufacturers and even the the grocers are throwing at us. You're you're going there looking for a burger and you're like, wait a second, no meat, no cholesterol. Hey, I'm gonna buy that. But really it may not be the best choice. Right. And there's fiber in the fake meats, so that's appealing. However, I was alarmed at reading that um, the plant based burgers, so the fake meat, has higher sodium It has about 16% of the recommended daily value. So one uncooked four-ounce beef patty has 75 milligrams of sodium. Right. Not bad. Right. Compared to 370 milligrams of sodium in the Impossible Burger and then 390 milligrams in the Beyond Burger. Those are just two of the— Right, right, right. But again, this is fake meat. It's, It's processed. It is not a natural product. And for those that want to eat more vegetables— there's easier ways to do it than to get a fake burger. Just eat vegetables. Yeah. I don't get it. But there are people out there that are saying that by eating the Impossible Burger, Beyond Burger, fake meats, you are good. You're set. You don't have to worry about anything else in your life. Like, you're good. You're going to live a healthy life. That's uh-huh. not the case. You can't still go out and eat and drink soda and chips and— French fries that go with your fake burger. Right. So I, I would say my opinion, which I think is— Yours, uh, it, it isn't worth it. They're probably, I don't, we didn't even get into the price, which we could talk about another time. But I think they're chemically made meats. Just go have vegetables. And if you want to splurge and have a burger every once in a while, I don't think that's what is going to really harm you. I don't think so either. But, but, but again, I think for the consumers, be careful when you are, are shopping and you think you're doing something right, but you know, at, at the end, it may not be. All that great. All right. Let's uh, turn things to Alzheimer's. Now, I would say being told you have Alzheimer's disease is is probably one of the worst bits of news you can get. Nobody wants to hear about cancer, bad heart disease, but Alzheimer's, I think, is is, is in the top two or three. Now, the, the argument here is that there are now some tests that you could go for. Typically, these are going to be brain scans, but they're also coming out with some blood work that can detect the beta amyloid, which is the hallmark of of Alzheimer's disease. And so they polled a number of people, and people that are behind the scanning and the imaging and the Alzheimer's Association, the question is, is this a good thing? Do you want to know at 50 years old that you're going to get Alzheimer's? Uh, or would you rather be uh, living in bliss, sort of the happy idiot, and just whatever happens, happens? I don't know. And, and, and again, I think at, at 25 or 30 years old, 
you're bulletproof. That is a whole other uh, you know, universe to think about what's going to happen when you're 50 or 60. You're 50, 55, and you get this news, it could be devastating. I think that I would want to know, surprisingly, because, listen, as a photographer, you're a photographer on the side as well. Sure. I think that you could actually prepare yourself to say, okay, I'm going to be getting Alzheimer's in years to come. Right. I can start can you try and rewire your mind? I know it's crazy, but can you take photos? Can you make a diary? Can you put photos together of families and try and just focus on that and have that laid out for you yeah, to help I, you in your brain? I think what people have been saying is that they are, by when you find out that you're, you have a high likelihood of getting Alzheimer's disease, you do try to rearrange your life, maybe eat better, exercise, even though. It's a little depressing. It it doesn't show that these lifestyle things um, make make you better. Last article before we take a break. Mediterranean diet may help ease some symptoms of depression. Bridget, go at it. So the Mediterranean diet could help ease depression, and I see that in other friends and playing soccer and just being an athlete. The way you eat, you play better, you feel better if you eat healthy. And so I completely agree with the fact that Mediterranean diets could really help you with eating vegetables, fruits, fish, nuts. That's going to help you in your overall life, which could also help off ward off depression and how yeah. you feel every day. This, this particular study, they took 76 college students and put some on a Mediterranean diet, some ate their regular college diet, and the ones that were on the Mediterranean diet, they retested them and scored them, and they all did better. And so this is relatively small study, but I think food for thought that you are what you eat, and as we're trying to live better, diet is going to come in as a big part. All right. All right, we're going to take a break. News is coming up. Ray Eastless, world-renowned percussionist for Chicago is going to be coming up in just a minute. I'm Dr. Joe Galati, sitting in with Bridget Gleason from Fox News Channel. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati, and I am with Bridget Gleason from Fox News tonight. And for anybody on this planet that does not know this song or the band that wrote it and played it, you must be from another universe. And of course, if we were playing trivia, the group would be Chicago. Indeed. And we are incredibly honored tonight to have on the air Ray Eastless. He is the percussionist for the group Chicago and an acclaimed percussionist in his own right. Ray, so happy to have you on the program tonight. Dr. Joe, what do you know? How are you, buddy? Hey, I am so happy, Ray. You could uh, come on. And 
You know, one Thank one you. of the things over the years we've had people from all walks of life, uh, everything from airline pilots to um, uh, the only other rock person that we had on was Ted Nugent. Uh, we had right Ted Nugent on. on for a while, and he was very insightful as far as how he uh, ate on the road and took care of himself and his band. And so I really always have been really fascinated by this topic. And guess what? Now it is your turn. So, now so it's Ray, my turn. Now it's my turn to spill my guts. Yeah. Right yeah. So, Ray, Ray, <laughs> just to get everybody set, yeah. Chicago, despite being uh, out there for 53 years, I believe, how many days a year? A year are you out touring with them? Well, okay. Well, we do, I think last year, 2018, I know we did over 100 shows. Right. Or just about, or just about 100 shows. This year, I haven't counted them, but it's probably around the same amount. The average, we go out, we start like mid-February. We mm-hmm. go out for about three weeks. Uh, you know, the first leg, maybe three weeks, and then maybe home for about, 10 days and then back out again for another two to three weeks or a month, you know, depending on the time frame. you know, um, that's it. That's what it went through all the way to just a few weeks ago. Yeah. So it's 2019. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it is a grind now is, is there any, before the, you know, the 2020 tour starts, let's say, is there any, yeah. um, medical requirement? Do they, they need a letter from your doctor to make sure that, you're you're no, healthy enough to no. put up with that. You don't know of anything like that. No, no, I, I I have not experienced that. And I mean, obviously, it's the you know it's the given. You got to take care of yourself, you right? Know? We, you, the show, the famous rock and roll line of the show must go on no matter what, right? Right. So, so uh, that's my my approach is, <laughs> God, you know, I just make sure I'm ready come showtime, feeling great you know, uh, to play the history of this band and make sure I do it to my full potential. And that's my goal every single morning, every single afternoon, every single evening. You know, I, I take care, I try my hardest to to take care of myself. And, you know, we talked about it before I do, I try to do a shake in the morning, right? You know, that's my breakfast and maybe a yogurt come around noon. Uh, I'll do a light lunch, um, but I'm actually no a little heavier lunch. I'll, then I'll do a light dinner right uh, before show, just to get the protein going. You know, yeah, to yeah. Get the energy and the protein going. Do you have any and pre- after? Sorry, right? Do you have any pre-show rituals? Me, right? Uh, a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, no. No. Not really. I mean, just warming up. You know, with with just getting my hands ready to hit some drums for two and a half hours. Um, that's. And just focusing, mental focusing. I try not to be too distracted from like 45 minutes before show on. You know, it's like I need to be ready and stretching, a lot of stretching, because as, you know, Joe, as you've seen the show, it, oh, it, yeah. gets, it gets very active for me. You yeah. know, I, I was I was telling uh, Joe that I wore my, my Apple Watch I wear it on stage, right? And it marks your steps and everything. And and my movement is equivalent to between 12,000 and 15,000 steps wow. a night, which could be five miles, five to seven. No, no, 12 miles. I yeah. Believe. 
Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a very it's a yeah. physical it's a it's a physical show that is out there oh, yeah. for for everybody. Yeah. Now, when when you are on on the road, and it's it's good to hear that you know you yourself are trying to uh, you know really stay in line. What would you say are are the challenges where you say uh, I got to pass on the drive through or you know the snack or the free food behind stage? What what are those pitfalls that you try to make a conscious decision to say, not tonight? You know, it's it's interesting because I always, you know, I see the dessert table and right. I'm like, and if I see a apple cobbler or apple pie <laughs> or creme brulee, that, that grabs my attention. But, you know, it, it's, it, you learn, you live and learn. You just say no, you just got to say no, thank you. Or or not even do it after the show. I, I really try not to eat heavy after the show as well because right. uh you know you pick from a menu you 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 look and you say well, this is what i want after the show no it, and i always our manager you met you remember steve oh I, um, yeah steve's a wonderful steve, guy steve, yeah i love him. he's a brother he's family to me uh we if steve doesn't find me he knows to get me just a grilled chicken with vegetables and that's right. it and i'll and i'll have that after the show and i try not to eat it uh late it, we have sometimes a bus ride that'll that'll be five to seven, eight hours, sometimes wow. two hours, sometimes seven hours. It depends on where you're going, what part of the country you're at, right? So I try my hardest not to eat. Like, I won't do a burger. Right. I won't do anything that's just going to be heavy filling and not, you know, it, and I'll eat a little bit of the chicken and I'll take the rest of my room and have it the next day, put it in the fridge and, you know, and that's it. Just something to come the you know the palate when you're all. when you're touring yeah. is there a favorite city of yours where you say oh i love this kind of food or i love this particular oh, restaurant yeah. <laughs> definitely <laughs> new york come on new york is one of my favorite because there's you know it's you open the door and you pick you open the door to the hotel and you're like where am i gonna eat tonight yeah chicago with all the italian food you know i mean i I eat bad sometimes, of course. I'm going to eat spaghetti and meatballs, and, right. and I'll, you know, I'll do that. There's, it, but you have to, you know, take pace yourself. That's all. And my, and the thing I, I'm always worried, not worried about, but, but very careful about is um, not getting sick. My goal is to always not be sick on the road. That is true. You, you know, can. I think, I think you, know? you, you know, as as a fan, you may not really think about that. You think of all the other stuff, but you say, look, uh, the group, whether it's, it's, it's a band of three or, or 15, you get sick, mm-hmm. it's going to mess yeah. it up for everybody. If one of them gets yeah. sick, do you guys just quarantine them? You're like, all right, stay away. <laughs> yeah. It, it, in a sense, we, we, we stay away from the, the sick one. You know, yeah. I always try it. You know, yeah. Like, hey, hello. No, no handshakes, a distant high five, and you know, and but it, it it's happened to me. It's happened to all of us. Yeah. It, no matter what, it you know you're you, especially nowadays, right, with the weather and everything. And but it's like you got to be it, taking care of yourself. I think is is the hardest thing to do, but yet, but possible. Yeah. You can do it. Eating and a lot of water and walking. I walk a lot. I love yeah. to get out, and I'll hit the city. I'll walk for about two to three hours by myself, headphones on or whatever, find a coffee shop, grab a cup, and walk. Yeah. Know? And it's great. Well, I'll tell you, you're, you, I, I, you're telling the truth, not only from speaking with you, but looking at your Instagram posts, it's like, where is Ray today? He's out on some 
uh, lake lakeside yeah. uh, walk. He's riding a bike. It really is amazing. Now, yeah. what is what is the the general attitude of your fellow band players? Do do you encourage each other, or are there some people that are just a little rogue and you know have a little bit more of a bulletproof uh, uh, approach to this? No, we do. We do. We we, we find each other. Or if we see each other down in the lobby, whatever, we're like, hey, let's go for a walk. Let's grab breakfast. You know, and we are. Did you hit the gym? Have you seen the gym? Yes. Oh, it's on the 11th floor. It's a great gym. Check right. it out. I always run into Robert in the gym uh-huh. and Ray Herman. Right. And uh, Neil, I'll see them at Wally. I always see them walking in the city. And, you know, yeah, we, we give each other information. Like, definitely hit the spa, hit the gym. Right. Because we know we all have to take care of each other, too. And this is, I mean, it's not just a a rock, an amazing rock and roll band. This is a group of brothers who uh, who enjoy being around each other. Yes, you know, we we love making music and we love hanging and we love goofing around and you know, and and you you hung out with us. You That's, saw how that is. It so, it was, yeah. and we had. I must say, here in Houston, we had a great meal at Good yeah, Company Seafood. All right, yeah, well, Ray, sure, Ray, we're we're gonna go out on on what you claim to be your favorite song to play. One of my favorites. I got many. But yes. Definitely one of mine. I'm yeah. absolutely sure. Yeah. But, Ray, thanks for giving us a little window of what it's like to be on the road. And, um, gosh, the only pitch I could say is that you guys are going to be in Las Vegas for a few weeks coming Let's up. Let's go. Yeah. We'll be, come on out. Come yeah. On out, I'll out be there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, you got to come out and say hi. Please all right. And happy holidays, everybody. Thank all right, Ray. Thank Ray, you. thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ray. God bless you. All right. You bet. Bye bye. God bless. All right. Bye bye. All right. That was Ray Eastless with Chicago. Wonderful guy. Amazing. Yeah. He's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to um, wrap it up. We got one more segment, Bridget. It's wow. flying by here. Don't forget, go to drjogalati.com. Stay tuned. Little Chicago right now. We'll be back in a minute. The final segment of Your Health First. I'm Dr. Joe Galati sitting in tonight with Bridget Gleason. She is our booking producer from Fox and Friends at Fox News Channel. She is the person that makes sure the guests show up and you get them, right? Get them on TV. Get them on TV. TV magic. It's amazing. And transitioning the radio, it's been easy. Sure, yeah. It's been easy with the guidance of you. It catches on quick. It's it it's catches fun. on. We're having fun. Yeah. All right. So uh, don't forget every Sunday between seven and eight p.m. DrJoeGalati.com is our website. I want to thank Ray Eastless for coming on last segment. Uh, I have been following the band Chicago for a long, long time, and they are a great, great set of musicians. All right, we're gonna. Shift gears here in in the final few minutes here, Bridget, talking about youth sports. And for parents that are listening tonight, coaches, educators, anybody that is anyway connected with youth sports, a little bit of a message and a little bit of a health twist. 
That's right. Getting your kids into youth sports early, involved in a team, is very important. They need to be around teammates. They need to be running around, exercising uh, every day. And it's important for their physical development. It boosts their self-esteem. Um, develops team. They develop teamwork skills. It teaches discipline. You become a leader. Right. I was a leader on my team. I was a captain. I played soccer growing up. But when you're a kid, you have to be put in several different sports. And the only way to do that as a kid is if your parents make that step. And if they put you in those sports teams, it's very important. Yeah. I, I think any parent tonight is saying, we want the best for Johnny. We want the best for our daughter, our children. And you want them to excel physically and emotionally. And sports marries those two together. The research almost cannot be questioned that kids that are in sports are better academically. They have better, higher GPAs, higher graduation rates, higher likelihood of going to college. But at the same time, they're better suited for society, the ups and downs of being a kid or an adult, less depression, less anxiety, less suicide. And you can start playing sports when you're an adult, but it does help when you're a kid because you learn those skill sets on and off the field to better prepare you for when you are an adult so you can you know how the how to properly exercise, um, but when you are a kid, it is the best thing ever. Being a part of a team, uh, being able to run around on the field. It doesn't matter what sport you play. I played soccer, basketball, and lacrosse growing up. And then as I got older and got more focused, I played soccer. I played soccer throughout college, and that also helps with the scholarship. And now, after I graduated, I'm able to know how to work out properly because mm -hmm. everything I learned as a kid. And you, that also translates to, to what you eat. You learn how to eat properly by being a part of a team because if you want to play well, you're going to eat well. You know, I think one article that uh, actually was on foxnews.com, it says experts cite bully parents in decline in youth sports participation nationwide. And I would say for the parents, if you are in a – uh, a, a league or a team where you've got these whacked out parents, number one, do not tolerate it. Now, don't go over and, you know, their anger is with your anger and you take a baseball bat and hit the guy or girl. Uh, but you have to put your kid in a, a sort of zero tolerance for this. Right. And actually on Fox and Friends, we've covered this topic a lot. Really? Because we've been seeing a lot of videos online of parents yelling at, not the kids, but the referees. Right. Disgusting. And it's awful. And that causes umpires, referees, to quit. We're seeing a higher rate of umpires in little league, my, you know, little kids, 13-year-olds, quitting. And that's a problem. And so parents on the sidelines, they need to cool it. They need to be on the team for the kids and for the referees. Yeah. And I would, I, I would say you, you want this to be fun. We are seeing... On, on sort of another subject, more and more young kids that are playing baseball are going for Tommy John surgery, reconstruction of their elbow, their shoulder. At 13, 14 years old, they are just, they're working too hard. They're playing too long, too competitive. Instead That's coming, of just, it's coming from, you know, parents. Where. It's coming from the parents. And it has to be fun. And you look at the number of kids, millions that play youth sports, how many are 
throwing the first game of the World Series. 0.00001% of these people. So I'm not saying don't aim high, but for Pete's sake, you're doing more harm to the kids than than benefit. And kids are going to not want to play that sport if all you're doing as a parent is yelling at the referee or the umpire, yelling at your kid to do better. Why didn't you get that throw? Or why didn't you catch that ball? Why didn't you score that goal? Kids are not going to be wanting to play that sport anymore, and that's not going to help them in the long run. The statistics, just to bring it back to the to the health and wellness side, the obesity in teenagers has quadrupled from 5 to 20%. This is the wrong direction that we're going on. In 2014, 1.9 billion adults are overweight, another 600 million are obese. And so you have to look at it. The kids are going to mirror the parents, uh, and the bad behavior or less good behavior is going to affect the kids. It's a, it's a problem. Yeah, and for everyone who's listening tonight, this is a Sunday evening. You're going into the week. Your kids are probably off on vacation. They might be sitting at home just playing on their iPads and inside. Get them outside. Get them to play outside with the neighborhood kids. Play a game or two. Make a, make a team. Play a game right on the street. You don't even need to join a league. But get them outside. It is... Um... You know, a good a good message. So, so Bridget, you've been here an hour. Got to wow. uh, got to uh, experience the whole your health first on KTRH and iHeart. What what do you think about the opportunities that a program like this has for educating or inspiring? You know, maybe somebody listening tonight's new to the new to the program. What do you think? For being on radio? On radio, the message. This is just an incredible opportunity, and so I'm glad that we have crossed paths and we're now friends. Mm -hmm. And I think that words are very important, and you can really make an impact with the message that you put out there. And so if you are listening and you're young and you want to get into radio, even if you are a little older, it's never too late. And I don't know, let's see what the future holds for me, but this is a really cool opportunity, and radio is alive. I think so. And, uh, you know, radio, you're, you're a television person. It's, it's a different medium, but the same message is here. It is something to communicate to people listening or watching. And it's a tough message to sell. Health and wellness is tough. Tough behaviors and habits. But one at a time, we're going to raise your health IQ one listener at a time. Thanks a million for coming in tonight, Bridget. We will uh, see everybody next Sunday evening. Happy holidays. 2020 is right around the block. Take care. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.